we're back with our ninth episode of the Utility Strategy Podcast, the first infrastructure podcast to shine a light on what we love to call utility strategy. Uh, as we all know, buried utilities pose an enormous risk to any infrastructure project and, well, create uh, extreme uncertainty amongst the different stakeholders. Thing is that with the right utility strategy, we're able to mitigate that risk and streamline our project, which is what our podcast is all about. So sharing and gaining all kinds of insights that will enable just that, uh, helping project managers, utility coordinators, uh, estimators, mappers, planners, designers, engineers, and basically any other stakeholder overcome the challenges of buried utilities in our right of way. Uh, and to help us do just that, we have here with us today, uh, Neil Bramel, uh, who's an incremental leader in the National Underground Asset Register in the UK, otherwise known as Duar. Um, Neil has worked in the utility sector for over 20 years, uh, creating and delivering uh, geospatial software solutions focused on reducing the risk of damage to buried assets. and on improving the accuracy and quality of the data held about those assets. Uh, he is a two-time winner of the Geovation Innovation Challenge and has provided independent expert advice to a number of utility data sharing initiatives in the UK uh, over the past several years. Um, so, uh, Neil, without further ado, what's Noir and what's your role in this incredible mission? Take it away. Thank you. Uh, thank you, David. Thanks for that um, introduction. Uh, so yeah, yeah, really pleased to be here to talk about uh, the National Underground Asset Register, as you said, which I which I will call Nuar from uh, from now on. Otherwise, this uh, this podcast could uh, could go well. on for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah so yeah Nuar is um uh is uh, so this is an initiative which has been uh, uh, which is sponsored and run by the uh, the Geospatial Commission, uh, which is part of uh, which is part of the Cabinet Office at the centre of um, the UK government, and uh, and the initiative is is really about uh, providing uh, providing a secure and uh, controlled uh, data sharing platform. Uh, that enables uh, the owners of buried assets to share uh, is uh, to share information about those buried assets and those networks um, in order to promote uh, safe, uh, safe and efficient working, and safe and efficient excavation in proximity to those uh, to those buried assets. So, so it's really about uh, um, you know that you know that safety uh, uh, you know uh, that safety message is really central. Uh, to the whole uh, to the whole project, and um, it's really about uh, uh, providing a view which is which is combined, which is uh, comprehensive, which is uh, which is interactive, and uh, standardised, um, and and giving that rich uh, rich view of of uh, buried assets in order to support. Safety. So Neil, what what actually took such a a, a three sixty like? How did we get to this? That the government stepped in and said we need a national utility asset registry. Well, you know, can you give us a little bit of background of how we actually got here? Because it, it's very uh, across North America. I 
it's going to be very difficult to see that happening. Like, what actually brought it about? And did the UK not have PAS 128 or one, I'm trying to call which, uh, so, yeah. uh, so um, was that the next ever? PAS 128 is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I can go through some of those other, uh, some of those other standards and yeah, and initiatives as part of as part of my answer to that, I guess. And it's a it's a really good it's a really good question. And I think um, you know the most important thing I think to highlight is that uh, new art isn't isn't um, isn't really a top down you know top down initiative. It isn't something that uh, is just being uh, uh, being kind of handed down from uh, from government to uh, you know to the is uh, to the industry. The really important uh, thing to stress here is that the uh, the is are uh, the seeds of newer um, are really in uh, bottom up uh, grassroots initiatives uh, that were is uh, that were initiated by is uh, by uh, buried asset owners in the UK um, and in particular there are two uh, is a uh, two a uh, fairly is a fairly recent initiatives. One in uh, London uh, called uh, called the Hades Project, and one in the northeast of England um, uh, called uh, called uh, New Hub, uh, which uh, uh, is uh, which came out of the Northumbrian Water Innovation Festival, which is uh, which is an annual event held in the northeast of England. So these are, are, are so these are distinct uh, distinct initiatives, as I say, initiated by uh, by. Uh, the buried asset owners are uh, really expressed a desire um, is uh, to share data uh, more efficiently, more effectively, especially to support safe, uh, safe sorry, work. Neil, just one, sorry, so this, just one question here. It's really, really interesting. Those are two polar opposites. A urban center like London, which is a really a, a, a spaghetti mm -hmm. a, a spaghetti bowl of utilities in uh, North Humphrey, you said. A, a very rural municipality. Yeah, so. yeah, which was, which was quite a mix. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's a really good point to make. Uh, uh, the northeast region is a real mix. There are real, really congested urban centres like uh, like Newcastle and Sunderland, but also, uh, but also more rural, and also um, it's and also industrial mm -hmm. sites as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's a yeah. You know, it's an astute observation that that you know that those kind of differences are really uh, you know really important. Uh, but um, but um, you know it did you know it did highlight a desire for uh, to do thing uh, is uh, to do things a bit differently. You know, I should just say the um, you know the the importance of of data on a, and of plans you know as laid plans as part of the safe working process is you know is well recognised in the UK and you know. You know, it's part of um, you know, you know, it's part of safe working uh, guidance and good practice. And there is, you know, and there is a lot of really, you know, really uh, good work uh, going on already. You know, the uh, you know the asset owners really take uh, their responsibility seriously there, and uh, and there are services and initiatives that help that help um, you know asset owners to uh, to distribute you know PDF plans and things like that. But there was, you know, these, you know, these initiatives really showed a desire to do things a bit differently, a bit more efficiently, uh, um, and um, and that coincided really, uh, really nicely with the um, with the with the creation of 
is of the uh, Geospatial Commission, which is, uh, which is, as I say, a government body. It's an expert, uh, you know, an expert body uh, looking to uh, to maximise the value of geospatial data within, uh, you know, within the UK. So in that, you know, uh, 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 so in the setting up of this of this body, there was a, you know, there was a, you know, consultation effectively. You know what, you know, where can we make a difference? What can what can the geospatial commission do? And this is across the piece, but there was a really loud and clear message that this was an area that. Um, uh, that government uh, could really uh, is uh, could really help with, but based on that sort of grassroots bottom up initiatives and that you know real real drive to do things differently from is uh, from the industry. Let's take it one step back. Sorry, I I, uh, I have to understand. Do you, in England or in, in the UK, the United Kingdom, do you actually have one common yeah. land base that you were able to start putting it on? Because a lot of areas you don't have that. Uh, for example, in Canada, I know we have the ten provinces, and each one has its own its own land base, its uh, its coordinate system, and you know, depending on where you are, it really differs. In the states, it's even more segmented. Yeah. Well, how did you actually start this project by having that one common land base or one com- Yeah, yeah, and that is a really significant yeah. factor for us. So, so we are uh, uh, is are very fortunate in that. Well, in is I'll link Great Britain, uh, which is um, um, with, uh, which is England, Wales, and Scotland. Uh, we have uh, we have Ordnance Survey Great Britain, who are you know, you know who are responsible for you know for maintaining the base map. And there's a product called uh, called Master Map, which you know which represents the backdrop mapping for the uh, for the whole of Great Britain. We do have um, a slight difference uh, within. Uh, within the UK, um, which is uh, is uh, which is Northern Ireland, and that has a slightly different, uh, you know, uh, you know that has an equivalent uh, to Ordnance Survey uh, Great Britain uh, uh, for uh, for the province of Northern Ireland, and a slightly different backdrop map and, and slightly different coordinate system, but uh, but yeah yeah it is a it is a really important uh, basis for us uh, uh, for us to proceed um, with a project like this. It's probably worth saying that uh, now I'm giving you a bit of a you know a bit of a breakdown on the difference between the UK and Great Britain and all that. Um, um, you know, you know, it's really worth saying that New R is is focused on England, Wales, and Northern Ireland, and not Scotland, uh, because Scotland uh, does have uh, does have a system called a vault, which is uh, uh, which is uh, you know which is concerned with is uh, with buried assets and part of their roadworks register. So we're not, you know, they've got, you know, they've got a system in Scotland and a good community in Scotland. So, so New Art doesn't doesn't extend there, but we are working very closely with um, with uh, with our colleagues and friends in Scotland to make sure that we're, you know, we're on the same, you know, on the same path really and working closer together. So, what actually brought about New Art? Like, was it uh, utility damage? Was it a lack of coordination? Was it uh, a need to get things right and make sure that it's all proper and trim? Like really, what what brought it about? Maybe to add to yeah, that, what, th- why is it happening? What are, what are the numbers? Like, well, what's uh, what's happening in the background? Yeah. So um. So the um, uh, the main you know the main case um is, uh, you know is around safety you know and damage and damage prevention, uh but 
but the uh, the other use cases uh, that are fundamental to new art are around efficiency. So that is uh, both uh, uh, both on-site efficiency and uh, you know you know efficiencies around uh, site uh, site orientation and things like that, and and also um, the uh, the back office efficiencies uh, related to uh, you know the provision and sharing and sharing of data. Uh, so and and it's a really important point uh, point to make actually that um, we we are very focused on on specific specific use cases. So if you think about all the all the possible uses of a of a, you know of a map of, of buried assets, you can easily you know we could list them now and come up with come up with a hundred probably <laughs> of all the things we could do with a map like that. And um and our you know. But history tells us if we're, um, you know, if we try and solve solve everything, we're at risk of solving nothing. You know, you know, scope creep is a real issue. So we have been, uh, is uh, you know, really heavily focused on those on those use cases. And as and as I say, primarily safe uh, safe excavate is a uh, safe excavation is the main. One. But um, um, so you know, just that you know, I'm not you know, I'm not an economist, uh, so so I won't go into too much detail on that. But the uh, but but the economic analysis is actually you know is actually published. It's something we've 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 put out there in the public domain, and I'll be happy to share a link to Excellent. that. And we're looking at um, uh, you know once new R you know new R is up and running, we're looking at some uh, something like uh, something like three hundred and fifty million pounds pounds per year in uh, benefits and wow. savings. And as wow. I said, that is across those. Um, those are uh, those is uh, those use cases around uh, damage prevention and and efficiencies and i should just say um just wanted to call out um is a really important um a work that is that is undertaken at uh, university of birmingham and uh professor nicole mechia um who who some of your uh, listeners um you know whose work some of your listeners may be familiar with and really important work on the um you know uh, the real cost of uh, utility damages, and taking into account those kind of broader, you know, those broader societal um, costs of utility damages. Uh, you know, you know, beyond just the just the direct uh, costs, yeah. and um, and that research suggests that you know the uh, 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 the kind of proportion of uh, of broader societal cost to to the cost of direct repair is something like twenty nine to one. Wow, and that's a really important, you know, wow. re- you know, really important work that um, uh, that Professor Metia um, and her team at University of Birmingham do. And I would really encourage, um, you know, yourself that's and your incredible. listeners to uh, uh, twenty nine uh, to, to familiarise yourself. No. Yeah, that's right. And of course, you know, if we look at that that kind of that kind of societal impact of utility damages. It's a really important um, element when we consider, you know, you know, the potential for government intervention. Because, of course, no one, no one asset owner, no one utility, bears the full impact of that of that broader of that broader cost. You know, no one actor in the industry uh, bears that weight. It is a it is literally a, you know, a societal cost that that we all bear as citizens. You know? Now, and it's a really I, I'm going to interject here. This is the case only just in, in, for example, in England or in the UK, in England specifically, 
there is no call, but there is not an 811. There's not a call before you dig uh, regulation or sanction. Yeah. In the US and in Canada, there's a 811 center, a call before you dig center where you call and the, the actual utilities dispatcher locators and you know, then they they go out and market for excavation. In England, there is an, in the absence of that, I believe that this was the process of actually getting it going forward, that you were having utility damages because of lack of knowledge of where the utilities were. Do you think that the new R will actually fill in that uh, that hole of the uh, not having the, the call before you dig centers? And uh, as well, do you think it's a better model than the call before you dig and the utilities actually investing money? So <laughs> it's, it's really a, a, two, a, a two-sided question. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, I mean, the first thing to say is that, you know, new R isn't, isn't some sort of you know, magic wand or silver bullet or whatever, you know, whatever uh, language you want to use, um, you know, around damage prevention. I mean, you're quite right to say that that that, that there isn't the equivalent of, of the 811 service. So the, um, the use of, you know, the distribution of as-laid drawings and plans as part of the safety process is quite, um, is quite embedded in working practices here. And I'll go on to that in, in a bit more detail is a detail shortly and how that fits in and there are some services which are you know you know which um uh you know commercial services which help uh, uh, uh which help in uh, kind of smoothing that process of getting of getting plans out there and then it's about you know pdfs from the um from the individual utility so so there are you know there are commercial services are there that help to smooth that but um the um yeah but yeah, that is a key. That is a key difference. That uh, there isn't an eight one one service which, which, which results in the utilities going out and marking up the locations of their assets. There are some some um, parts of the of is of the sector where that is where that is common. You know, so the you know the major accident hazard pipelines where specific permissions are required for working in proximity. There is a uh, you know there are processes and. And a culture, I guess, around you know, around site visits and marking up and supervision, but 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 for general works in the highway, that you know that is not the case. But the um, but uh, but the plans are just one one strand of that broader safe working picture, which is which is kind of encapsulated in um in guidance from um from the health and safety executive in the UK. Um, so there's guidance called uh. Are called HSG 47, um, uh, which in, which which lays out good practice around around safe excavation. So, so getting hold of plans is one of those you know is one of those strands. But it also really stresses the importance of ground investigation, of uh, survey, and um, and really you know really treating those plans as guidance. And but uh, but doing that but doing that due diligence uh, that due diligence due diligence, sorry, and the surveys on site as an important part of that. New art isn't going to, as I say, isn't the silver bullet that replaces all of that. It's that, you know, you know, it's that segment of providing the plans and making that more more comprehensive and more efficient and, uh, and easier, you know, easier to execute, but it doesn't replace the need for that. For that ground investigation and for that site, so are you gonna, that still, still remains really important. Are you going to be uh, uh, verifying 
the, the plans at some capacity because like one of the feedback we see from the market is that as built should be called as made it. And, <laughs> and we're kind of, uh, you know, so uh, the industry, and I guess it's, uh, it's probably very similar in the UK that they're kind of treated as I think you just said as uh, guidelines, so to speak, and not yeah. as uh, real hardcore evidence. So how does Noir Correct. kind of tackle this, this issue? Yeah, it's a really, again, a really good question. And that is, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm talking a lot here, because like, no, that's what we're talking about. That's the point of the conversation. The US I wants to, to learn in... about what's happening in the UK. <laughs> I seem to be giving a long, it's a long answers here, and this might be, and this might be another one. So, uh, uh, is uh, so strap yourselves in. So, um, so, uh, so data, uh, is uh, so data quality and data accuracy is a is a subject re- really, really close, really close to my heart. A newer again. I'm gonna sort of you know lower expectations a little bit and say you know this isn't the silver bullet that, that solves the data quality problem. But uh, we think that newer could play a really important role in kind of bearing down on that problem, which is a problem in the UK. I think it's worldwide. It's you worldwide, know, we talk, definitely. You know, we talk to people across the world. Uh, data quality, data accuracy is a real issue. So newer does not change uh, fundamentally that. That that um that rule, if you like, that the plans are for guidance only and, and, and need to be supported by by site survey, by by inherently safe excavation practices. But in in terms of data quality, um, we we believe that you know we have uh, we have a bit of a mantra in the new R project around data quality, and that is we we intend that new R will promote, support, and enable. Uh, data quality improvement, and if I may, I'll just, I'll just dig. You know, that sound it is, that is just a slogan. Okay, so I'll dig into, you know, I'll dig Let's into a little bit of, of what that really means. So, so in terms of promoting uh, data quality, a really important aspect of the new R project is, is, is the standardised data model, um, um, which is based on an emerging international standard. Uh, called uh, called Muddy, um, which has been developed by the Open Geospatial Consortium. So that 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 standardised data model is really crucial to all 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 uh, to all elements of NOAA. Really. But in terms of data quality and promoting data quality, we've we've made sure that there is um, a really strong strong support for metadata. At, uh, for metadata about data quality uh, within our data model. Now, at this moment in time, we may expect that that is maybe fairly sparsely populated. You know, there's a whole range of kind of uh, of kind of data maturities, I guess. So within uh, I'm, I'm, uh, 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 within I'm going to interject here for one second. With Muddy, it actually integrates ASC 38 and ASC 75. 38, the uh, the current uh, existing infrastructure in '75, the the as built or the interchanging of yeah. uh, new uh, of new yeah. infrastructure, as well as the CSAS250, which it acknowledges as well, because it's acknowledged within '75. Yes. Now the question is, if you are taking those things as your seed, would it not be best to build a system which actually acknowledges all the different data levels and all the pedigrees within it, instead of just that uh, 
just that open space of here we go here's the uh, here's here's the retailers here's the guide would it not be best served to actually put that information in there and start building a pedigree system yeah that i mean that is a you know that is one that is one viewpoint certainly we've uh, we've taken and that you know who knows what lies in the future in those future use cases but we've uh, but we've taken the decision uh, for Nuar, um I guess, uh, you know, taking, uh, uh, you know, taking one step at a time. Yeah, I guess. Got to start to, uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, and really express that that uh, that kind of as laid picture on what we might consider the, what we might consider on some level the, is uh, the is uh, the authoritative data about, uh, the authoritative. The authoritative data about the buried assets, which is, you know, which is held by, you know, by the owners of those assets. Now, I completely take your point about building up that, uh, building up that picture and building up that pedigree. And we do in the data model, we do, we do support. Um, so in the UK, just a bit of a callback to what you said earlier. PAS one two eight describes the utility uh, uh, good practice in terms of utility surveys and includes. And includes quality levels in terms of confidence about the locations of surveyed assets. Uh, so we are including information about that um, within the data model. Uh, that's if that is, you know, if that is supported by the asset owners. And now the challenges of building up that um, that kind of, you know, as you put it, that kind of pedigree uh, picture is it does get very. Uh, potentially gets very complicated around questions of of authority, of ownership, of currency, and um, you know, it, in that that's not to say it's. I'm not shooting down your idea here, right? You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of benefit to that, but it does bring a lot of a lot of complication in terms of there's a risk of um, rather than our aspiration of of presenting one version of the truth we're presenting many versions of the truth and 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 worst case putting it onto the user and and the data consumer to kind of pick the bones out of that and work out what is authoritative you know what is authoritative what is the right answer so i'm not i'm not um i'm not discrediting uh, the idea at all because there is a lot of um a lot of um a lot of interest in no, there's challenges. But we're starting with what we, yeah there are a lot of challenges there um which maybe you know uh, you know who knows we might be able to address those further down let, let, let's talk about that, that for a second about that point of challenges hmm. you know Noir is a super progressive initiative like compared to, to what's happening in the world in uh, uh in this niche industry of ours and you know, putting something like this together, like where do you start? Like, how do you start collecting the data? Like, who who's giving you the data? You know, because we, when we talk with uh, uh, utility owners in North America, like there's an element of competition that the telecom companies don't want to share uh, their information, and the oil and gas companies don't want to share where their assets are buried because they don't want each other to know of where each other's buried. And yep. then there's uh, the challenge of how do you moderate who gets access to this uh, to this information yeah. who you get access to and like and we can go on and on of course so how yeah, does yeah. Nuar tackle these issues and these challenges 
Yeah, and um, and those are you know I think what you've described are you know you know are universal challenges or or they certainly are challenges that we that we face in the UK and that key difference between what we might consider uh, you know regional monopolies versus truly competitive uh, service providers. I think that's a I think that and and the different drivers for those businesses. I think that is a you know that is a key a key difference and and, and probably a universal difference. Sorry, so it's a, sorry. We've, it's participation in your is it voluntary or is it mandatory? It is okay. It is voluntary, um, and that's a very a very deliberate decision that we are building, uh, building Nuar and building. And, and driving participation noir by really demonstrating the benefits of participation. And that's a really important thing. And there's a subtle, a subtle extension to that, which we've learned from, from other geographies, uh, from, from, from Scotland, from, um, from other parts of Europe, and from, and from the initiatives that we, that we observed in the UK that, uh, that noir was kind of built on. And that is the importance of that is the importance of a motivated uh, community uh, to do things better, um, and and to have this, you know, to have this mutual uh, self-interest, really, um, um, and that is a really important part. So, you know, Nuar, I'm I'm the, I mean, I'm the product owner for Nuar, so I I get my hands into the into the technical nitty gritty, but I I reluctantly concede that Nuar is not is not a technical problem to solve it's important to get that right that uh, but the technological aspects are not the um, are not the main problem uh, uh, that we are looking to solve here uh, that engagement and that community and expressing the benefits of participation are absolutely fundamental and I'm and I'm not you know as I say we are you know we are very much standing on the shoulders of giants here I'm not going to I say you know, and proclaim that Nuar is um, is a uh, you know is is educating the world about this because we have we have very much learned that from other initiatives um, in other countries and the importance of and the importance of that is of that community and expressing the benefits of using it and by and that it, that is made easier by having front and center of our focus uh, that safe working. Because that is a that is a common problem for everyone. You know, everyone who sends out their people uh, to dig holes in the ground, they are they are sending them out to a, you know you know to an environment which, in the worst case, can co- can cause them serious injury, and you know and ultimately death. And we we should never lose sight of that. And and is and the benefits of having this uh, combined. And consistent picture of what is underground. It isn't the silver bullet, but if that can contribute to keeping people safe, then that is, uh, then that is a huge, you know, huge benefit for all concerned. And that's the real, and that's the real clincher for us. And the participation that we've seen in previous phases of Noir, you know, pilot phases, has been absolutely um, exemplary. It's been um, very nice. We've we've seen nice. fantastic engagement, fantastic participation, including. Uh, from those organisations who are who are in competition, but really recognise the importance of worker safety for them. Do you have a Do you have a certain percentage of the country which has been completed already, or do you have some sort of semblance? We're quite. Uh, 
is our quite early stages. So our uh, so our focus at the moment is in three regions of is of uh, the UK, which is uh, which is London and the northeast of England, which are our you know where those those original initiatives the... were and our pilot projects were, and we've but but we're also focusing in uh, Wales as well, um, which again has a has a really strong strong community a project called data map wales and a you know a kind of ready-made community you are really really engaged and really keen are keen to do things differently so um so those are our three regions for now but we'll be um uh, we'll be growing out the rest of england wales and northern ireland over the next uh, couple do of you years. have a scalable target date do you do you say we want to do ten thousand kilometers this year twenty thousand next or is it just going to be as it plays out yeah, it's more of a regional approach, as I say. Um, um, that's our that's our kind of unit, you know, unit of growth, I guess. And the um, but the overall, you know, overall coverage for England, Wales, and Northern Ireland, um, we are due to complete. Well, it's a three year it's a three year project, and it kicked off um, in September twenty twenty. So that's the um, so that's our target. Do you have requirement to go back for funding? Is it going to be uh, perpetually government funded, or is this something which you're going to be turning over to the private sector? Yeah. So we've got uh, uh, so the three year project to get that to get that national to get that national uh, platform in place. That is uh, that is funded. So that is a government uh, that is a government uh, project, um, um, and uh, is uh, but one of the key work streams. Uh, within the project that we're working very hard on now is that future models uh, work stream, which will define what that post-project uh, sort of uh, run phase, if you like, what is uh, what that looks like. So that's uh, so that's an inherent part of the work, uh, the work that we're doing in the project at the moment. Now it's a very uh, it's a very high intensity project. You know, if I look at England, it, it looks small on a map, but it's still very large. And I just yeah. imagine. Uh, the amount of rural communities and the the rural subsect, which has you know one or two utilities running through it, but it still has utilities running through it, how are you going to capture that as well? Yeah, yeah, and it's a really important point, and that mix of um, so and 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 quite often those those um, uh, rural more more isolated assets are are. Um, are extremely significant in terms of you know major accident hazard pipelines and things like that. So, so from a so from a safety profile, you know they are is are they really critical? So we are so so we are engaging with the with the kind of pipeline, uh, you know the pipeline community, which is a which is a quite 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 a specialised sector, very heavily focused, quite rightly, on uh, safety. And um, and and it's a sector that I've been that I've been involved with over the years as well, and um, and that is you know again it's almost um, you know a, you know slightly different different approach to take to different uh, to different sectors and and you know and understanding the things that uh, that are uh, that are that are really important to different sectors and that representation of um, of concepts like hazard and sensitivity and criticality. And how you visualize things like that, and how you control access to that, and and possibly redact data, or it's all it's all obfuscate data. Those are really important parts of that. Um, you know, I said it's a secure and control platform. You know, that was yeah. the first thing that I said, and um, and and that um, and that handling of sensitivity 
um, you know, is really important part of the controls um, uh, is uh, that we're looking uh, that we're looking to implement, and that's a really important aspect for, for instance, major accident hazard pipelines. So when you look at the, the, the high hazard when you look at the U.S. or Canada with their eight one one that they're called before you dig system, do you feel that that can actually the creation of NUR can actually help you get a national call before you dig system in England? Or is it the exact opposite that it will alleviate the issue? Yeah, I don't see us. Um, you know, there's no, uh, there's no sign that that the UK will move to that to that model of um, of uh, of utilities uh, visiting site and routinely marking up. I don't that you know you know who knows what's in the future, but that doesn't that that model doesn't look to be. Uh, look to be on the cards, and I don't think you know. I don't think Nuar makes that 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 inherent model more likely. Um, but in terms of you know, kind of that you know, kind of that one-stop shop, you know that uh, you know this is where you go first um, to uh, to at least get uh, to at least get information about uh, what's underground. Then yeah 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 we do see Nuar having that kind of uh, you know national you know that national impact for. Uh, for England, Wales, and Malta. Neil, when you say where to go first, to, to me it sounds like the engineers and the designers at the very early stages, that's where they need to go, to Noir. And uh, like, are you seeing that? Like that the engineers and designers are working with you or is this like a very much boots on the ground just before we start construction, we're going to just make sure? No, it's um no, I know it very much is aimed at the kind of uh is are the kind of uh, planners. So in terms of the uh you know the target audience for new R just now, we're not, you know, we're not looking uh looking at the moment for that, you know, you know, the kind of target audience. That's the list in the kind of future use cases. Uh, uh, but we are definitely looking at the planning, you know, the planning stage of, you know, of excavations. So it's very much for the for the safe planning and execution of of excavations. That is the uh, that is the target of this phase of the project. Will that be included in PS one two eight, where they'll actually say refer to NUR as a source of records? Uh, that yeah yeah yeah. So PAS one two eight does include the. Um, the um uh the provision uh the provision of records so that's the kind of um you know the um uh the survey type d it's called in um uh called pas on to eight as layered records so yeah um so we're looking uh we're very much looking how we can um uh build that you know build that uh, utility survey and a search a search community into the um into the user group of you so we are aiming primarily at, um, uh, you know, the asset owners and their supply chains, which obviously, you know, will include uh, utility surveyors. Uh, but working very closely with that, uh, with the utility survey community, uh, to see how they can be, uh, you know, they can be uh, key users of NUAR as part of, you know, part of that broader, uh, safe, a uh, safe excavation landscape. Now, is, uh, is, so that's, is, uh, that's very much on our on our road. Is there yeah. also a uh, an open three hundred and sixty user form when if someone finds something that's incorrect in yours, where they could send it back and say, "Wait a minute, that's not here. That's actually there." Uh, 
Thank you. I'm glad you raised that because that was uh, we kind of uh, when I was talking. I was talking about data quality. We uh, we you know we went off onto a few other things, but that's a really important. Uh, yeah, that is a really important um, aspect. So we have we have some. Um, there's a kind of um, um, a kind of sibling standard to uh, to PAS one two eight in the in the UK called PAS two five six, and that and that includes guidance on. Um, on providing feedback on um, on um, as laid records of, of things that are that are found, uh, mainly so sort of two uh, two types in there uh, wrongly recorded objects, which is feeding back you know mapping inaccuracies, and then um, unidentified buried objects, um, oh, which sounds much more exotic and exciting than it is, but that's <laughs> just that you know the things that you find that are, that aren't on any. Um, so we are yet yeah, so we are building in support for those uh, within NUAR, plus just general uh, just general observations, um, um, as well as those two uh, those two uh, those two specific types. Uh, so that kind of feedback loop is a really important aspect of the platform, and um, and again that's part of that sort of data quality improvement uh, picture. Um, again, not not a silver bullet, right? You know, but. Um, but you know the ability to feedback on things that you've found in the ground that don't match what's on the map. That's a really important aspect of the problem. No. And just sorry, no, just, just one more thing on that data quality piece because this is my uh, this is my passion really. I just wanted to draw out something which is maybe a bit more a bit more uh, you know a bit more subtle about the standardised data model, which is you know in the act of transforming data to a standardized data model uh, that is another opportunity to provide uh, useful is an objective information about data quality so by reporting back to asset owners on the level of conformance of their source data uh, to is uh, to the data model is uh, that's is uh, that's another data quality metric that we can use and it's not a perfect metric again you know we're not saying uh, this data model is perfect and contains everything and therefore uh, conformance to it is the be all and end all but actually it, it is you know if we report consistently to every asset owner in consistent terms against that data model uh, then that's usable objective information about data quality which will help asset owners to hopefully improve the quality of their data. I'm going to take a step sorry I just wanted to take a step one step back did every does every utility in the UK or in England use the same base map and the same systems? Because that, that that's right. one of the point of contentions here. We have one utility using yeah. X, then you have another utility using Y, and they all say, "Well, we like our system. We want to keep it in our system." And then when we integrate, it just it looks great, but it's not quite there. Okay, yeah. So there are two are uh, two slightly different things there. So so. In so in terms of in terms of systems, then then no no there isn't a consistent a consistent approach in terms of in terms of GIS systems in terms of in terms of asset management real real range. In terms of in terms of base, I'll I'll give qualified and say that certainly. Majority of asset owners. But Neil, I think you're, the, you're breaking up a bit. Is it just yeah, me? Oh, no, sorry. Okay. Sorry, am I, am I yeah, back? You're back. Yeah, we lost uh, the last... So, sorry, uh, I'll just rewind a little bit. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll, 
So, so had I finished the point about um, about a patchwork of different systems, just, GIS just, systems, and just that, that time, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah. So in terms of systems, there is you know there is a patchwork. There is a lot of variety in terms of GIS systems, in terms of asset management systems. So there isn't there isn't a, a standard there. There are there are uh, there are pockets of commonality within different sectors, but there isn't uh, there isn't a standard. In terms of the base map, it's a qualified yes. In terms of most of the asset owners will use the standard, uh, the standard ordnance survey background mapping, but there is a really important issue there, which is um, um, many of them will be on different versions and different epochs of that of that uh, backdrop mapping. So we'll um, and often it's this is changing. But in the past, obviously, um, buried assets were digitized relative to to a given a given backdrop map, not not in absolute terms. You know, as 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 equipment Im improves and the prices come come down, we're seeing asset owners capturing um, their assets using you know using absolute positions more commonly. But a lot of legacy data is um, is relative to backdrop mapping. So if you if you put that against the, you know, the latest version of the backdrop, there is a risk that those uh, that those relative positions are out, depending on uh, depending on how old the original backdrop mapping is. So, so that definitely is a challenge for that uh, for that combined map. But if you look at the if you look at the other side of, uh, you know, that might be an argument for not for not using using a standard base map. But if you look at the opposite of that argument. Uh, what that means is a lot of asset owners are kind of stranded on an old version of the base map, which no longer represents uh, the real world on site. So, so you know, the kind of status quo isn't ideal either, in terms of um, in in terms of assets being tied to that, you know, an old version of the base map. So we do, you know, so it's a kind of an insoluble problem, I guess. But we're going with the latest version of. Is of the base map, and giving and giving people the opportunity to feed uh, to feed back on that. We do, you know, we will in the data model support the ability for asset owners to provide to provide you know sections of custom mapping where this is where this is a particular issue. So so we do anticipate allowing some some sort of uh, some sort of alternative sections of base map to be used as a as asset owner specific uh, data at times. Teal, I'm, I'm going to make so, a statement, um, and I'd like you to to, to quantify my statement. I love your Tell statement. Me if, if, <laughs> in the absence of one call, and in the absence of a, a call before Dixism or a national call for Dixism, with the uh, new R registry, would we not say that the focus on engineering and subsurface utility engineering and asset management mapping way ahead of project planning become that key focus versus just uh, taking a, uh, a base map of utilities and then planning around it and then going to excavation with that initial base map. So we're really providing a key point saying that do as much investigation ahead of time so that when you actually get to your execution of the project, it will just be a matter of verification of what's on the map versus uh, hoping that uh, the map is correct and that new R is correct and really 
going forward. So what would you say to that statement, that focus for PS128 and as well even additional investigations prior to a full utility engineering survey? Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's absolutely spot on. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. And and you know the key, you know, you've mentioned PAS one two A and 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 the and utility surveys. You know the uh, you know the document that I always come back to is is the one I mentioned before HSG forty seven, which is the guidance on is on safe excavation. And that is crystal clear that plans plans are important and an important part. Of the safe excavation process, and Nuar is very much focused in that area, but they in no way replace uh, the critical need for site investigation and and for thorough and for thorough survey is of what's underground. I mean, who knows? In fifty years' time, that landscape may have may have changed, and we've got real you know we've got you know real time reports of um, of the precise locations of assets. But we're not in that world now, um, and 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 what I always say is is Nuar does not change a single dot or a single comma of that guidance, uh, which says that plans are important, but ultimately they are a guide, and you need to get on the ground and you need to investigate what is really underneath your feet. It's funny because that's and, um, that's exactly what we're, that's anything. exactly what we're working for that live map, that that integration of what's there. And what's going to be there and how the interaction of what's been happening over the last week two weeks month ten months five years between projects and between uh, the life cycle of these utilities of how mm. how the different things interact even maintenance cycles you know you had little patch repairs and water main breaks and all the different uh different you know, all the different cycles within the life of an actual utility road or a, a corridor yeah. i'm gonna ask one question just off uh, just out in left field here and you know <laughs> when you say ordinance survey, I think of something because I'm from Israel. Uh, I think of a survey of of, of explosives. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Ordnance survey. Listen, I'm not a sportsman for ordnance survey, so I, I'm going to apologise in advance if I if I get some of this wrong. Uh, but ordnance survey is the national mapping agency of um, of Great Britain. You're looking for ordnance. <laughs> Uh, no, but um, it was it. Oh no! I, I, uh, this is going to be really embarrassing if I get this wrong, or if I if I if I'm remiss on this. But we'll, we'll let it, it was, out. It's, it's, <laughs> no, we it's, won't. <laughs> it's, a, it's a couple. Of, you should do you should do some online research and uh, and see the fascinating history of of ordnance survey. But it is um it is a a couple of hundred years old now, and it was um. And the and the initial purpose was was for was for the purposes of military of military placements and, and military defences um, is a military intelligence. So I uh, um, that so there is a slight link to that, but the um, yeah the role of the organisation has kind of overtaken the name now now to some degree. And I apologize massively. No, that's that's okay. In the UK, if I misrepresented ordnance survey, I I appreciate (laughs) it because one of the things I find in Europe, especially in Netherlands, England, a lot of times when you're doing excavation, you're also going to be coming upon uh, a lot of uh, a lot of ordnance, and and that's where that's where I thought that's where I thought the connection was. uh, Ordnance, or that they just surveyed all of 
all of England because of not, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not quite. But you're right. That is, um, you know, that would count as an unidentified buried object, I guess. And um, and they well. Well, the other thing uh, thing that happens in the UK and 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 surely elsewhere is um, is interference with um, archaeological sites. Of course. And there was a there's been a few cases over the years of um, of buried sections of uh, Hadrian's Wall in the northeast of England and in Scotland being being interfered with and damaged. So so another another you know value add for Newar is to include that kind of um, information about conservation sites and um, an archaeological so you're going to add that metadata into there saying that there's an archaeological area here do not come do not do not proceed that's right. interesting you, absolutely absolutely yeah Neil, I, have <laughs> no, a, I have two last questions as we kind of come to towards the end of our session uh first one is you know the the uk is doing something pretty amazing with uh with noir that's uh, like i said that is super progressive and there's lots for, to learn from. So what do you think is the best or the best takeaways uh, from Noir that other countries can learn from and implement into their uh, industry um, guidelines and procedures? Wow, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. I'm, is I will start by repeating uh, my statement from earlier and 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 show you know frankly an appro an appropriate level of kind of humbleness here because you know i do appreciate you saying that we are doing something big you know you know something important here but i will reiterate that we are we are standing on the shoulders of giants here and um and there are you know and, and there are uh countries and organizations that have that have, that have very much come before us and 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 whose coattails we're riding on, and uh, you know, I mentioned Scotland, the Great Rock in Scotland, and and across and across Europe as well. We've talked a lot over the years with um, our friends and colleagues in different countries. So we, so yeah, we we have definitely learned a lot from those that have gone before us. But um, I think for me, um, I would you know I would call out two you know two main things that I, that I would say are are really important. I'll do the I'll do the lesser one first. As a kind of a data person and a bit of a techie, I will say I will say that standardization of data is really important. And that standardized data model built on an you know built on an international standard and bringing in all that expertise and experience from across the world is really important and and kind of presents benefits in all sorts of different ways, like I talked about the data quality benefit and things like that, which are perhaps quite subtle, perhaps quite uh, perhaps quite hidden, but I think that's really, really important. But I will say the main thing is, is listening to the community, your community of users and build and building from the bottom up. And, um, and that community and that engagement, without that, you've got, You've got nothing. You can build the shiniest platform in the world, but without that participation and without that that community uh, uh, to really engage and define and support that, then you have nothing. So I would say start there, and the rest. I won't say the rest is easy, but the rest <laughs> the rest will fall into place. 
if you get that right. And we've learned that from other from other from other countries and other initiatives as well. So I'm not claiming it as a unique a new R insight, but I, I'm more I'm more amplifying that lesson that we've learned. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Phil and I and uh, probably all our listeners can absolutely echo that. We're, we're seeing this in conversations that we're having, whether it's on the podcast or off the podcast. Uh, everyone is talking about the community and how we all as an industry need to get together and tackle this issue. And like you said, there's no silver bullets. And each one of us, each organization is uh, coming up with their own solution to this issue. And at the end of the day, all we want to do is solve it. All we want to do is yeah. prevent the loss of life, prevent damages, prevent people getting cutting off from their necessities uh, and, and helping uh, basically the, the utility industry, the civil engineering industry do a better job. Um, and I think it's great, great to see initiatives uh, like Noir come up and we just hope to see to see more of them. Um, now, last question, last but, uh, but not least, and we ask all our guests this question. Who do you think should be our next guest on the podcast after Neil? Who, who would you recommend? <laughs> I would, I mentioned this name, name before and she may not thank me for this because I know she's a very busy person, but I, I think an hour in the company of uh, a professor, Nicole Metcher from University of Birmingham is always an hour well spent. So I will, um, so that would be my, that would be my recommendation. Okay, good. Um, well, you, you do know that we need that personal introduction though. So we are looking forward to that, uh, being CC'd on that email be, and uh, that will get the ball rolling. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be very happy. She's a she's a very knowledgeable, very very interesting person. As I say, she may not thank me for this, but I will be happy to we'll try. Make sure to, to, to make it up. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's Neil. it's been a fantastic hour. I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah. I, I speak for myself, and I uh, having these conversations and having these these thorough discussions on all these different strategies because really we're taking it. We're taking a shot at it from from a 360 approach, and really, you know, looking at all the different points from different corners of the world. It's, it's been an absolute fantastic journey for myself, for David, and I. You know, I see the great tidbits that come out of it, and I really want to thank you for your. Uh, you know, I really want to thank you for your input, and uh, your your knowledge and your grace of operation of what you are doing there, and how you are making the community better. So. Neil, really thank you. Uh, I know you're a civil servant right now. You know, it, it sometimes feels like a thankless job, but you are really doing a great thing, and I do appreciate it. So, oh, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. I, you know, you know, I've really enjoyed it as well. I've probably talked way too much, but I really enjoyed it. So, thank you for listening. We enjoyed it too, and we're sure that our listeners are appreciating this. Uh, again, Neil. Thank you so much uh, for being on the show and hope to have you again for another episode in the future. Hey, did we hear the British accent? Was it British, David? What was uh, it today? I think it was, it, was a, it was a mixture of Israeli, American, and maybe slightly British. So. Maybe a touch of Aussie? 
Just say, say Vegemite. We'll, 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 we'll let out Ozzy uh, listeners uh, be the judge of that. <laughs> All right, perfect. Yeah, <laughs>